1: and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
2: You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast. Hope you all are doing great. Plenty to get to ahead on today's episode. We begin a two-part conversation with Cannon DeVries. Plays for Weber High School in Northern Utah. A commit to BYU football as part of the 2022 recruiting class. Why did he pick BYU? What do people need to know about him? He explains in part one of our conversation ahead on today's show. We also talk about the NFL draft. Looking ahead to 2022. Who are the best prospects or the best bets to have BYU represented at the NFL Draft next year when it's held in Las Vegas? We'll talk about that, and of course, we're talking about 1934 in our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. The first losing season for G. Ott Romney. What is going on for the Cougars? We'll examine all of that ahead on today's show. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Join hosts Trevor Sykema and Benjamin Solak for recaps and analysis of the 2021 NFL Draft, as well as a look ahead to next year's future first-round picks. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, without further ado here on a hump day, let's get going. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 5th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU. A reminder for you guys, listening to this podcast is as simple as using your voice. And what I mean by that is many of you, if not all of you, have a smart device that you're listening to this on or have a smart device at your disposal. Whether it's a smartphone, a smart speaker, whatever it might be, all you got to do is tell it play podcast locked on cougars or play locked on cougars podcast and you know what magically i will pop up right there for you guys so make sure to join us every day we like to have a lot of fun talking about the cougars and love having you guys be a part of this podcast every single day getting going here on a Wednesday. Let's talk about the NFL Draft. Surprise? No, but this is a little bit different conversation than we had yesterday. We talked a little bit about rooting interest coming out of the NFL Draft. Taysom Hill versus Zach Wilson. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. And Stuart, thanks again for your message, your email. Loved answering that for you guys, and I love answering anybody's questions, by the way. If you guys have them, please send them in. Social media, email, no matter what it is, you guys can reach out anytime. But the conversation today is something that I've been thinking about it. It's looking ahead to 2022 and the NFL draft next April, which is going to be held in Las Vegas. And you know what? I have never attended the NFL draft, but with it going to Las Vegas, I have already got my sights set on going to Sin City to take part in the festivities. I don't know if I'll go as a media member to cover it officially for the radio station or the podcast. I may just go as an NFL fan. You guys know if you're a longtime listener that I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan through and through. I would love to just go have some fun. Take in the festivities, the sights, the sounds. Just be a part of the draft experience. I know there are many people out there who think the draft is a waste of time. They don't want to waste their time on it, but it's something that I am intrigued by. And that brings up the topic of 2022 and how BYU follows up one of their best recruiting classes, not recruiting, draft classes, excuse me, in recent memory with the five draft picks from this past NFL draft. Could BYU match that number next year? It's something I've been thinking about. And I started looking at BYU's roster going into the, this fall, 2021, the fall season. I have five guys that I believe are BYU's best bets at NFL draft picks next year. So let's talk about them. There's also some other guys I have, quote unquote, just on the bubble or just outside this top five. So let's examine the five names that I believe are the best bets. And like I said, I welcome your guys' feedback. So if you have feedback on this, you think I'm crazy, I'm up in the night, or you agree with me, hey... I love embracing debate, and I'd love to have your guys' takes on this. So let's start off with who I believe is the top NFL draft prospect for BYU, and that would be the one, the only, Tyler Algier. What I was told by a staff member at BYU going back to last season. So in 2020, when Tyler Algier was amidst one of the great seasons that BYU running back has had individually, and was a breakout star. There's no doubt about it. Uh, after playing linebacker in 2019 for a time, comes out and has a thousand-yard rushing season. Just a stellar, stellar campaign. I was told by well one staff member in particular, and others have intimated it that Tyler Algier and the term I was told was that Tyler Algier will be an NFL running back. The staff member did not indicate a first-round draft pick, but he said this guy will be an NFL running back, and I believe it. Based on what we saw from Algier, he's got the size, the strength, and the speed combo to be a guy who contribute at the NFL level. I have no doubt about that. Should he stay healthy this fall and have another good season, there's no reason not to believe that he could hear his name called next spring at the NFL draft. So he is my top overall guy if you want my delineation, one through five. I just kind of put him in an order of what i thought but they're not necessarily one through five i guess is what i should say the next guy i have on the list is isaac rex i know there are many of you saying jake why would you talk about isaac rex well here's the thing isaac rex is going to have nfl teams drooling over his size speed and catch radius because of his ability to play on the football field breaks out with a 12 touchdown campaign last year replacing matt bushman and i'm telling you what what Isaac Grex showed is he's a faster, bigger, and even maybe just, well, okay, maybe not better, but just as good a hands as Matt Bushman. Think about that. Bushman got a lot of money as an undrafted free agent coming off a major injury to sign with the Las Vegas Raiders. I believe that Isaac Rex should he decide that he's done after next season, and he is an older prospect so having served an LDS mission, he would like to move on. If he does like to move on, excuse me, he would likely be one of the top guys. I think could hear his name called next year. Six foot six, 250 pounds, really runs as a guy who probably weighs 40 pounds less than that. He is an elite prospect, and I think the NFL draft gurus, scouts, whoever it might be, will be drooling over his ability. Now up next, James Ampey. It is my opinion, and this is just my opinion, had James MP not been injured in 2020, he would have been in this year's NFL draft and I believe that he would have been drafted. I think it could have been four offensive linemen from BYU's uh, team last year drafted or signing undrafted free agents in this year's draft class. BYU benefits and I know it's a really weird thing to say, but they benefit from the fact that those injuries precluded James from really showing his full skill set as a center. He he will be a guy the NFL teams will love to have on their roster with his ability to really command the huddle when it comes to the offensive line. He loves working the pivot. He loves calling all of the different audibles. It's what he relishes. It's a role that he has embraced since arriving at BYU, and I wholeheartedly believe that he will be an NFL draft pick next year. Number four on my list, Peyton Wilgar, and Wilgar would be an early entrant into the NFL draft. He will officially be a junior next year, but I'm telling you what, What Wilgar has shown during his time at BYU is absolutely incredible considering he is following a similar... path that Dax Milne did. A preferred walk-on from Dixie High School, came to BYU, proved his worth early on, actually entered the NCAA transfer portal for a time because he thought he was worthy of a scholarship and wanted to force BYU's hand, which they did. They did reward him with that scholarship. It was well-deserved. This is a guy, should he decide that he is done playing at the collegiate level, I think he will have many, many teams intrigued by his ability at the linebacker position. I also could see him deciding, you know what, maybe I need one more year of seasoning before I come out, and he might be a member of the 2023 draft class, but I believe that Peyton Wilgar, should he stay healthy, he will be a guy who plays in the NFL. That brings us to number five on my list, and I had a hard time debating this. I had three different guys in mind for this spot, so I'm going to break down who I thought probably should be in the mix for this fifth spot. I had Samson Nakua, the transfer from the University of Utah, has had some moments at Utah, a guy that you thought, okay, there's a tantalizing skill set here can he capitalize on it well if he can at BYU he may get his look in the NFL more than maybe just an undrafted free agent or minicamp invite which is I currently kind of think that he'll get at this time Another name that I had in the mix, Lorenzo Fauatea, has been a steady contributor for BYU when he's been healthy, but health has been a concern for him of late. He missed the majority of last year with a lower body injury. You want to see him be healthy and prove that he can be a capable guy along that defensive line. Should he do that? He absolutely would be in the mix. But the name that I picked overall at number five was Gunnar Romney. Obviously, the running mate alongside Dax Milne last year at wide receiver didn't have the gaudy stats the Dax had, but Gunner was very, very steady for BYU. I'm not sure there are many other wide receivers in the country who had more near touchdowns than Gunner Romney, and that is the reason why I have him number five. I think he is poised to have a breakout year this year in 2021 and going into the 2022 draft, and it wouldn't surprise me to see him decide, you know what, it is my time to go out and see what I can make at the pro level. So Gunner Romney is number five on my list. So the top five prospects, I think, going into next year for the 2022 draft class. Tyler Algier, Isaac Rex, James Empey, Peyton Wilgar, and Gunnar Romney. Other names in the mix that I believe will be in the conversation, like I mentioned already, Samson Nakua, Lorenzo Fawatea, and two others that I think probably need another year in a BYU uniform before really being taken seriously, but if they have a really big season, probably could consider it. Lopini Katoa, and Keenan Peely. Those are the guys that kind of came to me as I was looking over BYU's roster, but who knows? Maybe Somebody breaks out a D'Angelo Mandel, a Keenan Ellis at cornerback. Who knows? Chaz, you at safety. There could be a breakout guy that we're not even having on our radar right now who ends up being that quote unquote gem for BYU when it comes to the NFL draft. So it'll be fun to track this. It's been a fun conversation. And like I said, I welcome your feedback. Do you think I'm crazy? Do you think I missed out on somebody? Let me know at Jacob C. Hatch, at Locked On Cougars on Twitter, also on Instagram and Facebook. Under locked on cougars, also can email the show anytime lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Love hearing from you guys. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get to our conversation, our part one of our conversation with Cannon DeVries, a guy who is going to be a part of BYU's recruiting class in 2022, an elite athlete at a Weaver High School. What made him pick BYU? He'll explain here in just a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010 Guys, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsible source limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagements, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They are the perfect way to bring light into her life. You heard it right guys. Mother's Day this Sunday. Check it out. They're available now through Mother's Day only on Blue Nile. Dot com. just search the words 10 by 10 this collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly price you can give her something special and truly meaningful if you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring that she'll treasure forever you're definitely going to want to check this out guys they won't be around for long so check them out now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at blue nile.com Folks, you need to take a minute today and talk to you guys about our good friends at Built Bar. I have to say, they are the best tasting protein bars, as you heard me state multiple times here on this podcast, but there is a great idea for Mother's Day courtesy of Built Bar. If your mom has not tried Built Bar, give her an opportunity to do so and do it at builtbar.com. I know that may sound weird, but I believe if she tries Built Bars, she will be hooked on them just like I am, just like you might be, or you can just order it for yourself and give them a shot. They have nine delicious flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. If you have not done so already and have not tried Built Bars, I would encourage you to go to builtbar.com right now, order their variety pack. It includes two of each of those nine flavors, so 18 bars in all. You'll get a good taste for what you like from Bilt Bar, and the best part is they always have limited edition flavors as well, but you have to go to builtbar.com to learn more about that. While you're there, though, use the promo code LOCKED15 and save 15% off your next order yes 15 percent off your next order using the promo code LOCK 15 so save some money take care of mother's day and also take care of yourself a triple whammy guys it's all courtesy of built bar as they are the best tasting protein bars anywhere please welcome in now canon devries a member of the 2022 byu recruiting class canon thanks for taking the time how are you sir I'm good. How are you? Thanks for letting me uh, be on the show today. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad to have you on. I guess I I know you heard the podcast we did when you initially committed to BYU, but I wanted to kind of open the floor to you to start this interview and explain what led to you picking the Cougars for your college destination.
2: Right. So, um, yeah, my recruitment kind of took off a few months ago. Um, I had... I had offers from Weber State, Colorado, and BYU at the time. I was talking to a dozen more schools. um, And I just kind of was going through the decision-making process and seeing what I kind of really wanted. And it was tricky this year with COVID and everything because I, I really wanted to wait and do my official visits first before I made my decision Um, But since we're still in the dead period, I I just thought it would be too risky and everything. So uh, me and my family had a really good chat about it and a really good feeling. And that's kind of what led up to me choosing BYU.
0: Okay, so I got to ask the inevitable question. Did you grow up a fan of BYU or were you a fan of another school growing up?
2: Yeah, so um, my mom and dad's side are split. So my dad's side is Big, big Aggie fans, and my mom's side is really big uh, BYU fans. So, growing up, I was kind of in the middle. Um, uh, we would go to BYU games all the time, and then we would go to Utah State games all the time. So, I was one of those kids that really would just cheer for anyone in Utah because I liked seeing them represent the state and everything. So, I didn't really have a favorite, but I was just in the middle.
0: Well, I guess for a time there, you had the same color blue that you could wear. So that's the good news with regards to the Aggies and the Y. So that always works. All right. So uh, let our listeners know a little bit more about yourself. I know you're a multi-sport athlete. Uh, You play football, basketball, track and field. Any other sports that you play as well?
2: Nope. Those are the three.
0: Okay. So if I'm not mistaken, you've You've timed pretty well in uh, just different uh, meets so far this year in track and field. Can you list uh, how you've done so far in the track meets you've been in?
2: Yeah, so this this year's been pretty good. Um, we've had a lot of meets where the weather's been kind of crappy, but uh, it's been warming up, and I've been doing really well in those. Um, so for the 100, uh, I've been running around an eleven one this year. I'm hoping it breaks up 11 soon in the next few meets coming up, uh, in the 200, I run about, uh, 22, four, uh, and then our four by one relay does really well, but I think we're, uh, fourth and six, a right now. And then I also do long jump and I jumped 21 feet and a half. So it's been a good year so far.
0: That's a long way to jump, dude. That That's that's an impressive number right there, but you're a sprint guy. Uh, where does BYU project you at the next level? Have they told you a position, or are you going in it just strictly as an athlete?
2: Yeah, so um, I've had good conversations with the coaches there, and they kind of see me as an athlete right now. So depending, because I'll be, I'll be going on an LDS mission uh, right after I graduate. Um, so really, we're just going to see kind of – when I come back where I best fit in the program and where they see that is um, either at receiver
0: or safety in the return game, really wherever they think I can best help out the team. I know you're very effective in the return game. You play for Weber High School in football. I'm the selector for the John Watson High School Player of the Week award, which you've won multiple times during your career. You as a football player, I think people when they watch you, you're the way I describe it. You're electric on the football field with the ball in your hands, regardless of where you're out on the field. You're just able to make plays. How would you describe yourself as a player, though?
2: Um, kind of like how you were saying. Uh a fast, a fast athlete, um, willing to make plays at any given time in the game. Um, I really just consider myself as a a playmaker that can change the game up. Um, anytime I get the ball in my hands, I think I have the, uh, chance to take it to the house and, and score and change the game up. And so I think like you were saying, I'm just an electric player and, uh, really anything can happen when I get the ball.
0: How many positions have you played during your career with Weber so far?
2: So growing up,
0: uh, I was actually
2: a QB growing up, all the way uh, to my freshman year. Uh, so my freshman year of of high school, I uh, was playing QB, actually, and then I broke my wrist my first uh, varsity game starting at corner. And so then uh, – I switched back my sophomore year. I switched uh, to receiver and safety, and that's where I've stayed. So it was a good switch.
0: I know you're listed at 160 pounds. Have you packed on any more weight since then, or do you expect the weight to come at some point down the road?
2: Yeah, so I'm weighing in at uh, at about 165 right now. Um, I'm I'm hoping – uh, by the season to get around 170, 175 if I can. But I want to make sure that I put on that weight the right way and not um, the wrong way, so making sure I am training with it and so I can still have my speed and everything with it.
0: Well, I guess that's what the summer is for, considering you're coming off both a of basketball and a track and field season. Kind of hard to pack on weight when you're running all the time, right?
2: Right, yeah, yeah. it's hard to put on that weight weight when uh, I'm burning as much calories as I meet and so.
0: Okay, so I've got an interesting question for you here, Cannon, and it's something that I've discussed with BYU coaches in the past. Guys like Aaron Roderick have mentioned this multiple times on social media. They, they talk about how multi-sport athletes, guys who compete in multiple sports in their high school days, are actually benefited when it comes to playing collegiate football. One that they really like to cite right now was Brady Christensen. He just went in the third round of the NFL draft. This was a guy who played baseball. I believe he also participated in basketball as well as football at Bountiful High School. Do you feel like the fact that you're involved in basketball you've done track and field do you feel like that benefits you when it comes to playing football
2: yeah for sure I'm one that believes in uh, multiple sport athletes for sure Um, I think that the movements you do in those type of sports so in basketball you watch basketball players when they play and the cuts and the movements they're making out on the floor um, I think it directly correlates to football and the movements that you're doing there. So um, I really think it's beneficial for kids to do more than just one sport. And um, it it also helps get your name out there a little bit. Uh, I played on um, the Adidas circuit with Utah prospects for multiple years. And I think it's a good way for just you to showcase yourself in many different
0: opportunities and sports. All right, so going forward here, obviously you got your upcoming senior season for Weber this fall. What goals do you have for yourself, if anything?
2: Yeah, so, um, I mean, I think the big goal really is, uh, is what we do as a team. So I, I really want to win region uh, with our team that we have this year and really show uh, who's the champs up north. and um, And then obviously try and compete for a state championship, but goals that I have for myself is just um, to make sure I'm the best teammate I can be and to make sure that I do my job and perform at uh, the positions that coaches are um, having me play and what they expect out of me. Um, So yeah, I would love to try and lead the state in touchdowns, whether that's uh, in the return game uh, interceptions uh, receiving any way I can just try to help our team uh, win as many games as possible
0: there you have it part one of my conversation with Cannon DeVries we'll have part two tomorrow talking more about why BYU is so attractive to him what he sees from the Cougars as he looks forward to joining the program in a few years after serving a mission a great conversation not to be missed part two ahead on tomorrow's podcast coming up next though we continue on with our 100 seasons of BYU football looking at 1934 for the BYU football program what did we learn about G. Ott Romney during this year as well as some other news and notes involving BYU sports. We'll touch on all of that in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, folks. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all of the action right now at Bet Online. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game. As teams prep for their runs in the playoffs, head to the website, betonline.ag now, or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, a 50% welcome bonus. You heard that right. Take advantage of it now, guys. That's a 50% welcome bonus using the promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag, all courtesy of BetOnline, as they are your online sportsbook experts. All right, folks, before we get to 1934 and BYU football history, a couple of notes for you to know here on a Wednesday edition of the show. John and among others, tweeting this out yesterday. The Diamond Head Classic, which is held on the island of Oahu, will be BYU's mid-season tournament that they will attend in this upcoming basketball season. I think this is a great place to go. Obviously, Hawaii any time of year is fantastic, but when you get to watch BYU go and play on Oahu, that is a lot of fun. Hawaii is the host of the event obviously, they're based there on Oahu but other teams that are going to be involved according to Rothstein, Stanford Northern Iowa, Wyoming, New Mexico State, South Florida, Liberty will also be in the field alongside BYU. As our good friend Dodger Jazz Cougs has pointed out, BYU probably would be considered among the favorites on paper in this, but there are multiple NCAA tournament teams in there. New Mexico State had a down year last year. COVID really disjointed their season. They couldn't practice at home, but traditionally they have been the powerhouse in the WAC. South Florida, okay, they're not so great. Liberty though, has been the back-to-back NCAA tournaments, a really, really solid mid-major program. Stanford's doing some good things in the Pac-12. Northern Iowa has had recent runs of success in their own right, so it's a pretty good field all the way around. Wyoming's an up-and-coming team in the Mountain West, but I think BYU would be a favorite in the Diamond Head Classic on paper. That'll be taking place this coming football, not football, basketball season. Man, I've got football on the brain if you cannot tell. A couple the notes for you guys. Congratulations to BYU Baseball. They beat UVU in their UCCU Crosstown Class. 11 to four in Orem also BYU softball one and in five innings nine to nothing in Cedar City over southern Utah so congratulations to both of them on those victories all right now for our final thing here on the podcast we normally we do this in what we like to call the B block or the second part of the podcast but you know what other pressing matters were at hand let's talk about 1934 in BYU football history. Let's get one thing out of the way here, and this was the first losing season that Ott Romney, BYU's head coach, who was entering his seventh year at the helm of the BYU football program in 1934, had a losing record. He'd gone 500 twice before, if I recall correctly, but in 1934 the Cougars finished four and five, so a game below 500. Like I mentioned, it was the first time he had finished it below 500 as head coach. BYU this season really had some interesting things that happened. They opened up the season very nicely. They went to Montana State in Great Falls, won that game 20-6, then smoked Occidental College in Provo in their home opener 32-7. Then they went to Wyoming, and this is where the tailspin started. They were at Wyoming and lost a tight 1-7 to nothing, then were crushed by Utah inside. Salt Lake City, forty-three to nothing. Then followed that up with a Colorado game in Ogden, a neutral site game, if you will, losing that game forty-eight to six. That dropped BYU to two and three. They came home, played Montana State for a second time. Funny enough, very rarely do you see a program face another program home and home in the same season. But they did beat Montana State for a second time, sixteen to seven. Then a second straight loss to Utah State in Provo no less at home losing it 15 to nothing and getting shut out on their home field then they close out the season against two other Colorado schools at Colorado College winning 34 to nothing and then closing things out November 17th with a loss at Denver 24 to 6 now This is not the type of season you would have imagined for BYU. Obviously, two seasons prior going 8-1. But if you look at the rosters for BYU, we talked a little bit about them. A lot of their linemen graduated from that stellar 1932 team. And then in 1933, the majority of what you would call their skill position talent graduated or moved on with their careers in other things. So obviously, there's a rebuilding job to be done. And credit to Coach Romney. Going 4-5. Not great, but also the bottom didn't fall out on this team. He didn't let them just kind of flounder and really see things spiral for them. So as a program in 1934, as I mentioned, 4-5, and five, they were 3-5 and five in the Rocky Mountain Conference, dropping to 7th place after finishing 2nd place two seasons prior, 5th place in 1933. But... The rebuilding efforts for BYU were something that needed to be handled, and apparently they were okay in 1934, but the hope was they would continue to rebuild this. Funny enough... The time is short, as we will talk about here in coming days for Coach Romney. That doesn't mean that bad times or the end of his run was going to mean bad things for BYU football, but his time was short as the head coach of BYU. We'll explain more in future episodes, but 1934 very much was what we talk about in the modern day. A lot of programs will build and build and build, and I feel like BYU in the modern day 2020 is a little bit of a microcosm of this. You spend many, many years, two or three years in many cases, building a program, building a talent base, and then the payoff comes. In the case of what we have in the modern day, BYU's 2020 season takes place. You go 11 and one, and you finish 11 and one, excuse me, you finish 11th in the final A people. Just a stellar season all the way around, but at what cost? What will BYU look like this fall in 2021, losing three offensive linemen, your star quarterback, your star wide receiver, a tight end that you really counted on for many, many years? That is what happened in 1934. After two big or important graduating classes moved on, BYU could not find the answers on their roster and did fall back a little bit. So 4-5 and five was the finish in 1934. We'll talk about 1935 tomorrow. How did the Cougars respond after their first losing season under Coach Romney? We'll examine that ahead on a Thursday edition of the show. Alright, that is going to do it here on a Wednesday edition of the podcast. I want to remind you guys we are starting up our Fan Friday editions of the podcast. If you would like to be a special guest host of this here podcast with myself, feel free to reach out. I'd love to have you guys on the show. We usually record via Zoom, do it during the week whenever you have some time, knock it out, and you will be the featured guest host on a special edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast on a Fan Friday. If you'd like to do that, feel free to reach out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Locked On Cougars, At Jacob C. Hatch is my personal Twitter handle. Or email us, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. All right, that'll do it for this Wednesday. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 5th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys manana.